Welcome to the Self Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. You might know me from my Human Magnet Syndrome book or my Codependency Cure and the Healing the Inner Trauma Child Treatment Program. If you identify as being codependent or what I call self-love deficient, or you consider yourself an empath or a survivor of narcissistic abuse, or if you just have been held back by your life, by your circumstances, or more sadly, a person, say a pathological narcissist, this is the place to be. I will bring my personal and professional experience to help you overcome the biggest and for some the most tragic obstacles. I am committing to giving you the very best information I know that I believe will resonate with both your experience as well as your future dreams. So sit back, enjoy, and let's make this world a better place, one self-love abundant person at a time. Now, I'm excited to talk about gaslighting because it's all over the internet. And it amazes me, as much as this topic is almost viral, there's very little clinically valid, research-driven data or information on the subject. Now, I don't profess to say, hey, I've done some research, um, and... uh, and I have um, a whole university behind you know, this project. But I do promise you that my information, the, my conceptualization, my understanding of gaslighting is based on this psychotherapist's clinical understanding of it, both as a victim and a practitioner of over 30 years. So let's get right down to it. Gaslighting is a very despicable form of mind control. Some people consider it brainwashing. The two are, are, are very similar. Although the two get confused frequently, they're very different. Brainwashing is an overt strategy where the perpetrator is not trying to hide what they're doing and their intentions. You know, we've seen some movies, we might have read about it. You know, the, the, the famous um, examples of brainwashing um, occurred in the Korean War um, with the prisoners uh, where the, um, the North Koreans um, and the Chinese would, or, or the, uh, the Chinese fighting for the, uh, with the North Koreans, would uh, brainwash um, American prisoners to try to change their belief systems, their loyalties, um, their personality, and this was this was done methodically and systematically, and it was hammered in them day in and day out. And I promise you, <laughs> those who were brainwashed knew it until they were brainwashed, and then they lost their individuality. Gaslighting is much different, much much different. It is a furtive, covert, secretive, manipula- man- manipulative mind-bending um, strategy that pathological narcissists undertake in efforts to control, dominate their victims. Gaslighting is so different from brainwashing in that it is secretive, it is covert. The gaslighter lurks in the shadows 
more often than not, they are what I call pathological narcissists. And that is someone who has a borderline personality disorder, a sociopathic personality disorder, or a narcissistic personality disorder. These are, these are folks who scheme a plan to entrap a codependent or someone with self-love deficit disorder, uh, to entrap them in a relationship by taking their power away. And the way they take their power away, their sense of control, is to turn themselves against themselves, to make them believe that there is something wrong with them, something that is either slightly real or completely made up. Now, the goal of the gaslighter is to take something that is believable um, and expand upon it and build upon it and convince the prey, the victim, that they have this problem and it's much worse than they really thought it was. Or, in many cases, the gaslighter creates the illusion or sets up the environment to make a person think they have a problem that they never really had. So let's use um, moderate to mild anxiety. Um, the codependent with a mild to moderate anxiety um, falls in love with a narcissist, the human magnet syndrome. We know how that goes. Um, and the narcissist, the pathological narcissist, wants to make sure that they are never going to lose control of the codependent. And, and these are the worst of the narcissists because they will bend the codependent's reality, their thinking, their emotions. They will create this very detailed, methodical plan to make them believe that this problem, we're going to call it anxiety, is actually worse than it is. And not only will they keep reminding themselves, or excuse me, reminding the victim they have anxiety, but they will set up the, set up the environment to prove to the, to the codependent that their anxiety is getting in their way and causing problems. Now this is pretty diabolical because the goal is, is to pretend to be empathetic and altruistic, pretend to be understanding, but all the while is keep setting up the environment to make that codependent feel more and more anxious, to remind him or her that she's anxious. And eventually, to overwhelm that person with this, what I call inculcated belief, or this implanted belief that they are much worse than they really are. And what makes it horrendous or horrible is that the codependent starts to identify with the implanted narrative. What was only mild to moderate anxiety has become severe, debilitating anxiety. All the while, while the codependent is being manipulated to believe that their anxiety is problematic, uh, has many consequences, um, the narcissist pretends to be supportive, but in the background, they are turning the outside world away from the codependent, or they are turning the codependent away from the outside world, because the gaslighter has to be secretive. 
He has to be behind the shadows. So how do you do that? You have to first create this narrative. You are, you are ugly, and everyone will think you're ugly and no one will love you. You are stupid. You are so stupid you'll never get that job. You are fat. You are so fat that no one will ever date you. Your self-esteem is so horrible, who would ever want to be your friend? So once they inculcate the, the, the codependent with that narrative, and they pound away at it, and they do it in a way that's not very obvious, they don't just, I mean, they, they are so slick, they, they keep reminding the codependent as if they're pointing it out, see, you know, you're so anxious and, you know, I want to help you, but that explains why you're having problems working. You know, maybe, um, maybe we have an explanation why people don't like you. But I like you, I love you, and I always protect you. See, that's the mind-bending, um, where, the, where the narcissist not only inculcates the codependent with the narrative, shows them reasons to believe they have the narrative, proves to them that they have the narrative, um, but then they act like they are the protectorate, the nice person the person that will never leave them. So the codependent believes that the person who is messing with their mind, they believe that they're the only ally. And that is when the narcissist has their hands across the codependent's throat, and they start to choke them. And all the time, the codependent doesn't know. So how does this diabolical narcissist pull this off without anyone knowing. See, that's, that's what makes this extremely creepy. They start isolating the codependent. Gaslighting requires isolation. You have to isolate the codependent by making them believe no one loves you. I mean, you, you're so anxious, and who wants to be around a person that's all anxious all the time? Or, um, so they believe that People who haven't called them, for whatever reason, good or bad, are doing it because of reasons that are part of the narcissist narrative. And in the background, the narcissist is turning people against the codependent by playing that. It's, it's called triangulation. It's pitting one person to another. So to the sister who calls the narcissist, excuse me, for to the sister who calls the narcissist and says, "Hey, what's going on? You know, with you know your wife? She's not talking to me." Well, the narcissist will start lying and say to the sister, "Well, you know, she doesn't really like you that much." My point is, they are very scheming and mis mischievous um, in the way that they package the person's um, relationship. They have to cut off ties. And either they're going to make that person be mad or hurt and not want to talk to the gaslit, or they're going to believe um, something like, well, you know, um, my wife, you know, because of her anxiety, she has been told by the doctor that she can't talk to anyone, and I'm taking care of her. So my, my point is that they're going to do anything that they can to isolate the codependent. They will cut off their psychotherapy. They will talk to them about why they should stop taking medication. And that, that seals their fate. If they should have a psychological disorder and the narcissist gets them to stop taking their medicine.
gets them to start taking, stop going to therapy. Essentially, cutting them off from the outside world um, and giving them the treatment that for only a mild to moderate problem, then this problem that was never really that bad starts to escalate. And the narcissist turns that against the codependent and uses that as proof. So what happens is, just going to go through this, I'm going to summarize this. The narcissist inculcates or implants narratives in the codependent that are believable, that are based upon something that are acceptable, something that was really once a problem, a mild problem, a moderate problem, so that they can see and identify it, whether it's their self-esteem, you know, their body image, um, it is um, a psychological problem. And they, and they start um, manipulating the environment so that the codependent experiences this problem and experiences it frequently. And then they remind the codependent, hey, this is, this is a problem. Look at this. Look what's happening. They're constantly showing them evidence of this problem. And over time, they prove to them that the problem is getting deeper and deeper and more out of control. And as the, as the codependent not only witnesses their problem and, um, and starts to identify with it, they start to lose hope that it ever is going to get better because of the brainwashing, of the gaslit message. You have no control over it. I will protect you. The medicine's not working. The therapy's not working. So at the end of the day, the codependent is trapped. When you cut the codependent off from their emotional self, you strip them of a reality-based idea of who they are and what's wrong with them, you take away outside resources, you take away friends, you take away family, and they believe that the only person that's going to take care of them and love them is the person that's gaslighting them. What often happens in these situations is once the codependent is fully gaslit, that is when the narcissist starts to act out without impunity. For example, they might start having an affair. They might start um, 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 losing control of an addiction. And when the codependent experiences this, they're either so gaslit that they maybe cause the problem, which, which is hard to believe, but certainly happens, um, or they're scared to death to say anything because this, this wonderful, protecting narcissist, they, they don't want to do anything to scare him away or her away because who would take care of them? Because at this point, they have no one. They're completely isolated. And they have to hang on to the person that's hurting them, who they know is hurting them. Another example is they get the same situation where the, the narcissist gets caught doing something and the gaslit codependent says, you know, why did you, why are you having an affair? You know, I can't believe you're doing this. Well, that's when the, the, that's when the narcissist really turns up the heat on the, gas, the gaslighting narratives and they say, you know, you already know that you're having problems with your thinking. Um, you already know you have delusions. You already know you're insecure. This is all use. And they they turn it around and make the, the gaslit person doubt their own reality. And that's not a stretch. 
That's not a stretch because their mind has been so altered that they, and, they're in, and they, have be, they have been rendered so insecure, so isolated and so dependent that um, they don't even have the energy or the emotional fortitude to fight, that, and fight back with another more plausible version of reality. I'd like to add, and, and it's a little bit out of order, um, when, when the gaslighter manipulates the environment, they have to take away not only relationships or resources, and often this is making them financially dependent on, um, on them. And that's a very powerful part of the gaslighter's plan. Get them to stop working, either get them fired um, by manipulating them into behaving in a way to get fired or talk them out of a job. Or this could even include moving them way out into the country where no one um, can connect with them, their friends and their family. The bottom line is, and I want to wrap up with this, the bottom line is that gaslighters will do anything in order to turn the codependent's mind against itself so that it has no, they have no capacity to fight back with the inculcated or gaslit version of the reality that has been slammed on them. And when you take away someone's reality and they believe what, you, what was hammered into their brain and that becomes a reality, then it's a very scary, scary situation. And it's very sad. And there are so many codependents out there. Many, I hope, are watching this video who are going to see this and understand you got to stand up. you got to find a way out of the psychological circus. you got to find a way to escape the prison. Find a resource, a person, a family member, someone, and go against the grain of your thinking. Just do it for me. Do it for your best friend that you used to have, for your sister. Just trust something in the past that was real. Just trust that. Throw away some of these thoughts that have been pushed on you just for, just for a day and make a phone call. Because people are out there that want to help you. They need to rescue you. And you might be the only person that's going to be able to make that happen. Okay, this is a very serious subject, and I hope that you learned a little bit about, uh, about gaslighting. I talk about it extensively um, in my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, as well as I talk about many, many other topics. And if you know anyone that's gaslit, or if you are, we need to save some lives, whether it's yours or someone else. So you take care and never forget the precious nature of yourself and the importance of self-love. Because if we're going to solve this self-love deficit problem, this codependency problem, this human magnet syndrome problem, we have to understand self-love is the antidote. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. 
it's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.